hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash! The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcasts. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, this is certainly Mark Hershon. This is Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, but I am not alone. My special guest host for Epi 64 is Monica Hamburg, renowned in podcasting circles for the show she co-hosts along with Bill Allman called Dazed and Convicted. Welcome to Suckatash, Monica. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. We've actually interacted via the interwebs many times. Uh, yes. via Twitter and emails and uh, every other means, other than the fact we've never actually spoken live at the same oh. time to each other. No, and you have been kind enough to have clips of the various incarnations of my show on your podcast a number of times, which I totally appreciate. But uh, yes, first time speaking. I would like to get into our listeners just a bit. I want to thank them because uh, just this last week, we managed to finally get into the iTunes What's Hot section. Now, I say finally, we could have been there before. I rarely look at iTunes other than to try and find podcasts, but uh, I'm not one of those podcasters that's constantly checking my numbers and seeing where we are and that sort of thing. Uh, But in the course of actually finding some clips for this week's show, I saw we were up there. So I wanted to thank our listeners uh, that have been uh, loyal listeners. They go up, they rate us, they review us, and clearly they are downloading us. So uh, thank you for helping get us up into that vaunted stratosphere of what's hot on iTunes. By my brown nose, congratulations, Mark. That's awesome. Good. Thank you. you. Deserve it. Thank you. Let's talk a bit about your history uh, sure. with Dazed and Convicted. You start out as a sh- with a show called The S&M Rants. That's right. And the S&M, apart from what people might think it stands for or what it stands for them, uh, was actually the initials for you and your previous co-host, Shane Burley. That's right. Yes. The S of S&M. I I know how to uh, go along with confusing titles. And so I think that that was great. Uh, (laughs) It was great because, you know, occasionally, no matter how neurotically I pitch people with lots of details about what the content of the show actually was. You know, inevitably you get people that were like, all right, we're talking about S&M. And I'm like, well, we can. I'm sure happy yeah. to. But that that actually, it's just the initials. You know, so it was a little disappointing for people, I think. And good sort of not have that confusing a title. I've got a confusing title in a different way now with Dazed and Convicted, which people always go, oh, I love your show, Dazed and Confused. Or like that, that's where we thought, but yes, no, it's, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that is how it started as a totally different podcast. And uh, well, in a sense, yeah, I mean, it, it evolved, right? Because I sort of, uh, you know, I was producing it. So it sort of evolved into, I guess, what Dazed and Convicted is now, but it was not, had no direction to begin with at all, right? It was just two idiots talking, you know, which I think is the <laughs> definition of podcast, really. Like, I think that's that good percentage of what's out there. Um, and it's now still two idiots talking, just more focused <laughs> talking, you know. I think we've got more of an agenda now with the talking. This might be educational for some of our podcasting listeners. What okay. made your decision for you or, you know, how did you decide now's the time to sort of reset and relaunch rename and uh, started basically a whole new podcast. I don't know 
if the decision was mine or is just sort of made for me. Uh, we just ended up not having enough time to record together, Shane and I. And it was just, you know, once once we made the decision to sort of, you know, separate and whatever and go and do our own things, then uh, it made no sense for the podcast to be named S&M Rants any longer, right? And sure. it was a title that I definitely liked when we started out with, but as we went along, it made no sense because yeah. it wasn't really about ranting anymore exactly. So um, so then, yeah, and then I had I had originally thought I was just going to do it on my own. That was that was my thing was, OK, well, I'm just going to do the podcast myself. And I had done a number of episodes on my own. And then what ended up happening was I'm friends with Bill. He had been on the show before. I said, why don't you come on occasionally? Because it's so much nicer to have someone to talk with rather than to talk by myself, I, you have that experience. Like sometimes it must be, you feel a little bit alone talking to people in your own apartment. A bit more like a lunatic, right? I always, I always feel alone. I feel alone now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get you. Um, and I actually consistently talk to myself. So you know, doing a podcast is really no different. <laughs> but I felt like you know, it's just so much nicer to have that interactivity. And I'm, I've described this like before, but uh, to get vulgar right away, I feel like. Doing a podcast on your own sometimes is a, like masturbation. Like you know exactly where you're going to go with things. There's no big surprises, but then you have somebody that you know that touches you a certain way, and they they touch places you don't expect them to touch, and it's in a different order, and it's kind of exciting, and you know, and all of a sudden you're just into it. It's like wow, this is this is like a real charge. So I think uh, that's sort of how I view it when you actually have the interactivity with a person, especially someone you you know work well with. So yeah, I, I intended not to do the podcast uh, um, with somebody, yeah. but uh, I did the first, you know, at 73 with him was the first one we did together, and I was like, I like this, let's do it again next week. And then, you know, we did it a few times, and I'm like, eh, I'm fucked, because I'm, I'm just going to do the podcast with you. Like, it was just like, you know, I, got, I was in one long-term podcast relationship, I was trying to, like, not do that again, and then it was just like, but this is good, you know? And, so, and so, so Bill started out as your rebound co-host. Exactly. He totally did, but he was an excellent rebound coach. He's the rebound coach you stick with, you know? So. <laughs> well, that makes all kinds of sense. And, uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons I do uh, have guest co-hosts and I have guests and things like that, because I think both for myself and for the listeners, it just kind of gets not really boring, but you're right. There's a oh. sameness to mm -hmm. the way it sounds week in and week out, unless you change it up somehow. So how did you decide to get into podcasting? What was the impetus? Actually, that was just Shane and I thought we were funny you know uh -huh. <laughs> and we and you know and he's like oh we should do something we should do a podcast we should do a podcast and so you know we started recording and we didn't um you know to his credit we recorded for a bit before we released anything but um but yeah i mean you listen to the first episode and it's like youch uh, so, <laughs> and that's the progression right like we were featured on your show because uh uh rob sarah sally Yes. Right, is it Bob? Um, came on your show and brought a clip, and you know, even then, I was like, "Okay, I'm really glad people are are talking about us." But wow, I wish I wish they were talking about us when we were better, you know. So I think that you know, it's it's such a big progress. Like I'm, I'm answering a question you didn't ask, but that's the process for me. Is like it's it's, right. been, it's been strange, you know. What was your performance background before podcasting? I mean, you've done you've done some stage, I think. Yeah, my background is acting. That's what I, I moved to New York when I was 20 and I uh, studied uh, in Neighborhood Playhouse and School for Film and Television and did indie films. And yeah, my background is, and yeah, I've done a bunch of stuff since sort of okay. <laughs> as much as every actor does. Like, yeah, you sort of work in sometimes, most of the time not. 
But yeah, that's my background is acting. Of course. And uh, what do you do these days to make a living? Because uh, although I know the yeah. podcasting game pays a lot. Oh, I mean, that's that's, you know, that's almost as much as my trust fund, really. So it's, <laughs> it's just it's a matter of what I dip into weekly. I uh, contract out marketing work. Okay. So I do. Yeah, I do social media marketing, online marketing, those kind of things, research in those departments and stuff. So that's that's how I earn money when I earn money. I can't say I. I spend so much time on the podcast. It's like earning money sometimes becomes like not even a tertiary interest. It's like, a, well, how much do I need to eat? Okay, yeah. well. I do notice you do turn your marketing skills to your podcast because you do get uh, the podcast out there a lot. You appear on a lot of other podcasts, so you get a lot of cross-promotion going. So I think that all works to the good, I would imagine. I think so, too. I mean, that's when I look at my life and think what a complete and utter failure I am. It's nice to look back on things and go, well, that led to this and that led to this because, you know, <laughs> it's it's, you know, better to look at your life as a whole that way instead of like, oh, fuck, uh, that didn't work out. And that also didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to kind of get into a little bit of what Dazed and Convicted is about. So basically, Bill and I, uh, we talk about two articles that have fucktards in them. So fucktards, we define, I define, as a criminal who's done something really stupid. Now, that's most criminals, you think, but, you know, it's more specifically just something where you're like, it can be horrific, it can be just amazing in terms of the excuse they came up with for why they did it or how to get out of it. And, uh, and then we rant about it, but we also make sketches that are sort of based on the crimes in a really deranged way it's very dark it definitely but i think it's kind of a dark podcast that's upbeat like i don't think it's something you that's how i advertise i'm like dark, like, like a fu- like a funeral for clowns dark Thank but upbeat. yes although you know everyone's excited when a clown dies i mean that's totally... <laughs> who doesn't like that that's true but yeah that's uh so that's kind of it and then uh, that's the beginning and then i call a comedian and I get them to decide the fuck part of the week and to rant more about the articles and what they thought was amazing about it. And uh, then at the end, I usually have some sort of other weird thing, like a Craigslist ad that I thought was particularly odd, more so than even most Craigslist ads. And that's that's basically the content of the show. Is that how you would describe it? I would say so. I would yeah. say so. To give, uh, give folks a taste that haven't heard Dazed and Convicted, you recently had your uh, 100th yes. episode. And uh, I actually reviewed your 100th episode for This Week in Comedy podcast over in Splitsider.com. And I'm glad you provided a clip because uh, I hadn't had a chance to play one yet from that show. Well, one, thank you so much for the Splitsider. Like, you seriously made my week. It was the greatest thing. And I was so happy. And I was like, I get to brag now. This is the best. (laughs) Someone that might not have heard my show because they're just like, what the fuck is she doing with her life? You know, they're like, oh, hey, this might be something. So... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, it was wonderful. Thank you. So we've got this sketch, but why don't you set up what the uh, what the crime was that this sketch is based off of? Sure. Uh, this was what Bill defines as uh, taking place in our Florida, so Winnipeg, Manitoba, <laughs> and uh, and it was a guy. And happen all the time, you know, just like they do in Florida. These the weird crimes. This kid, I guess, kid, whatever, twenty year old, something. He stabbed another guy. Uh, 11 times, a stranger, over what they define in every article that talks about it as a bag of chips. It was over a bag of chips. But none of the articles, because I tried, none of the articles actually explained what that meant. (laughs) You know, like, what it was. Was it that, you know, he, uh, the guy had got the last bag of, you know, 
pet ketchup chips or was it that like you know he got some sort of flashback of someone crunching chips at a movie theater and he needed to get revenge like no one told you what why this was an inciting incident it was just over a bag of chips so you know Bill and I, you know, try sometimes to put the angle of the sketch to be how to justify this person's crime. Like, how would they be in the right somehow? You know, I'm the good guy, the hero, instead of this horrible criminal. So uh, we were trying to, we, we gave him a justification, which was he's the hero and he's trying to protect the innocent, defenseless chips. And that's the lead in. So, yeah. Let's give it a listen. I remember the incident so well. Sometimes I just wish I could forget. Until now, I was known as the Jane Doe chip bag, but today I want to tell my story. It was August 10th, around 6.45 p.m. I had been placed on the shelf that morning, and I was just kind of lounging in the store, enjoying the day. I was sitting near Gary, the Pringles container, and we were really getting along. Thank you. Come again. Hello, sir. Hey, uh, you got any corn chips? Right there, by the cheesies. Are they fresh? What's he talking about, fresh? Sure, they just come in, you know, before. Whatevs, I'll take them. No, I don't want to go with him. Dollar twenty-nine, mister. There you go, thanks. Please, I'm being chip-napped. Someone, can anyone hear me? My gal and I were at the store. I, I was just picking up some milk we had ran out and... I think Rita was getting some tampons or something. I didn't want to think about it. I heard a voice crying for help. Please stop him! He's gonna lick me all over! Joseph was always so helpful, even when he was little boy. And after accident, during the school tour of the chip factory, his hearing was so acute to the pain of chips. That bag of chips is calling for help! Baby, it's just the meth talking. No, I know what I heard. If I get in his car, it's all over. He's gonna cornhole me. It happened to my cousin. I'm coming. Hey, fuckwad. You talking to me? Put down those chips, you sick fuck. What's your problem, man? The chips don't want to go with you. Buddy, you just turn around and go back into the store. Nothing's happening here. No, we're gonna take her home. We're gonna give her a good place to live. Fuck off, you lunatic. You're going to stab me over a bag of chips? Really? Well, what if I just open it a bit like this? Help! He's ripping my top off! I warned you, Asmite! Fingers off the bag! Nobody will want me if I have a broken seal! Fuck off, you psycho! You asked for it! Holy shit! Go! I can't leave the chips! She has no one! Forget the chips! Let's go! Freeze, you freak! Don't point that at her! Don't you dare! I said freeze! Oh no! No, he was trying to protect me! It was worth it. Hey, what's this? Get your hands off me! Mmm, chips. No! It isn't my expiry date! I think I'm gonna get some Pringles from my partner. Not Gary, too! Oh god, not Gary! Not all right, I see. So you're kind of providing the uh, the lost motivation in a way. What could have been? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what you try because the problem with these articles, among many other things, is that they leave you with nothing. Like you just you got to fill in so many blanks. So you know that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to provide the service and fill in those blanks. Now, do you think the 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 criminal in that case was uh, a murderer and a bag of chips? 
Sorry, <laughs> just trying to shoot her in. A, in a, yes, and a captain murderer and a bag of chips. Yeah. All that in a bag of chips. Uh, you know, because I actually was trying to do a and a bag of chips joke with that show, and I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> that is that's great. I gotta I gotta call you. I'm like stumped with that. Uh, well, I guess everyone's got a fascination with true crime and the fucktards that get involved with this sort of thing. Um, you know, can we talk about a recent crime story? Do you have anything we can get into? Sure, sure. This one is teen-seeking grass-cutting job gets kicked, forced to drink vodka. Teen-seeking grass-cutting job gets kicked, forced to drink vodka. Uh, this happens all the time, right? I mean, one of these crimes is yes. every day, every sure. day. Yeah. So John Lewis Summers, Jr., 45, was charged with disarming a police officer and two counts of misdemeanor assault. When he attacked a teen unprovoked and then also attacked the officers responding to the call. The incident happened Friday at Summer's home. The 13-year-old boy and two older friends asked Summers if they could mow his lawn for $20. So that was the inciting incident. Okay. He asked if they could mow his lawn, which I think is great because I think that maybe he just went to the euphemism. Like, you want to mow my lawn? Do you want to shave my genitals? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Freaks. Like, how did he get angry about someone asking you to mow his lawn i don't i was trying to figure that out so there you go again the motivation i'm, I'm curious who, how old the two friends were it would be weird if it was like a 13 year old and like two 45 year old dudes i was wondering that too because that would make it a little stranger <laughs> hey we'd I, like to mow your lawn yeah we want to mow your lawn we totally do like like the uh, old adam sandler sketch on saturday night live please let the boy bathe your grandmother <laughs> So, yeah, maybe they're like, yeah, we want to mow your lawn. And they're just like, shit, what's happening with these freaks? So maybe, yeah, see, again, now you're now you're doing it. You're justifying this character. That's right. Summers well, apparently kicked a teen in the ribs, forced the 13-year-old to drink a shot of vodka, and then tried to stab him in the feet with a knife. Because that's, you know, you hear that a lot, right? It's like, you go for the feet. Well, that's that's the weirdest detail in this story, I think, is tried to stab him in the feet. <laughs> that's an effort, too. Like, you know, usually, unless they're both sitting down having the shot of vodka, like, how's he getting to the feet? It seems like you're putting yourself off guard by leaning over to stab those feet. And also, I just wonder, sometimes you just wonder the way these, these stories are worded. It starts out, Summers apparently kicked the 18 in the ribs. So that teen could have been one of the two friends. Friends. It right. could have been a 13-year-old himself, or it could have been just a random teenage passerby that had nothing to do with the other three people. It's just a teen. You're right. Not even <laughs> the teen. <laughs> Again, yeah. It's just, just yeah, a teen. He was, I hate when people ask to mow my lawn. So, you know, yeah, he, then he just chases a random teen down the street. That's right. That's right. Great. The articles just give you, like, a vague idea of what you're going to be talking about, <laughs> and then you just have to go through there. <laughs> So it continues with police arrived at Summer's home. He then pulled a knife on the officers. During a struggle, he grabbed one of the officers' guns, attempted to take it out of the holster. Police were able to subdue Summers and take him into custody. I always think that if you are going to prove that you're not an insane person who tried to stab a teen in the feet, a good thing to do is to uh, actually try to attack the officers that respond to the call because you look good. <laughs> and it ends with bail is set at twenty thousand dollars cash only yeah i'm sure he has that lying around that's odd too cash only yeah <laughs> yeah how much debt do you have to get into to get that cash only like, i don't think they make it available at money mart <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I can see why you like this crime thing. I mean, that's just a sample of one of the many stories you guys have covered. And uh, Lord knows the news is full of uh, dozens of them every day. So you can kind of cherry pick the ones you like the best. Yeah, yeah. It's strangely harder than it seems only because you're trying to find ones. I'm trying to find ones that kind of match, like in some ways that they have some sort of similar theme. So you could so the guest has a better way of evaluating who's more fucktarded, because otherwise it's like, well, they're fucktarded in different ways. I'm trying to find a sort of even ground. I don't always succeed. But yeah, it's we will never run out of really insane criminals. So that's great for the podcast and not so good for society, potentially. Absolutely. And now I know why, having talked to you about your fascination with this, why the majority of clips that uh, you're supplying for today's show are sort of true crime related. It's just funny because I didn't even know that. I, I didn't. I didn't actually. You'd think that I would know that about myself, but that's when you get enlightened by someone else's perspective. Yeah. I I guess so. I mean, I I really love all these podcasts that have that in common. I want to uh, kind of take care of some standard succotash business. So let's do that. And then we get into our clips. Now, I explained to you, I'm uh, I'm not exactly sure why this started, but about, I don't know, four months ago with the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Dean Haglin and Phil Lairness. But a few months ago, they had mentioned the fact that I played a clip of theirs on my show. So then I played a clip of them mentioning the fact that I'd played a clip on my show. And ever since then, every episode, we each mention each other's show. As I said to you, I have no idea why. I think it's wonderful. I think it's like <laughs> such a cool thing. And then it, it just it never ends, right? Like, what a great process, because you're going to do it one week, then he'll do it, and then it just keeps going. I think this will be like, you know, 2025. This yeah. will still be doing this. I love it. As you'll hear in this little clip from Chill Pack Hollywood, uh, it led Phil to start thinking about what if we started a network. So uh, here's here's the boys talking about that. Not only have I been uh, dealing with uh, health concerns, but so many people we know. I mean, this pneumonia thing has been everywhere in this city. Has I it? Mean, wow. Um, but also other people that we uh, know. I mean... Uh, Mark Hershon of Succotash, mm-hmm. uh, I think, missed a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because laryngitis. of laryngitis. I you know. know. And what it's good to have him back. Good to have him back. Uh, it was really cute. He played a, a clip from uh, the show you did with Lily. Ah, is that right? On his, uh, on, on his last episode, yes. When and uh, Succotash. Uh, you know, there's been talk of, of Lily getting a podcast. That, now, why not? <laughs> you know what should happen is, quite frankly, somehow, I don't know how we do this or who we talk to, we should have our own network, <laughs> quite frankly. And Succotash should be on there. Oh, I see. And uh, Lily talking about specifically uh, issues as they pertain to women in media. I know. Look at that. Uh, Fascinating conversation. And, and also, you know, we've talked to, to Jimmy Lawler about doing a, a Broadway-themed uh, <gasps> podcast. I mean, wouldn't all these be a great yeah. uh, now Of course, I mean, we're not trying to step on any toes. We love the Talk Superstation. <laughs> yes, we do. They uh, are good friends to us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jackalope Radio remembers that we're here. Well, I, I uh, sent him another email. We uh, have a, a candle. In the window. Yeah. For burning them. for Jackalope. Yes. But, uh, With a picture of a Jackalope on it. But so anyway. We, uh, oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, chupacabra. I thought it was the man, that, that face on Mars. <laughs> um, we, uh, but uh, we're glad to have Mark Hershon back. Yay. Now, the interesting thing about that is I've been toying with the idea of putting a network together since people like Earwolf and Nerdist, well, they haven't called me. They don't want me to be part of their club, so I might as well start my own network, right? (laughs) It's weird how 
course people don't call, you know? It's so I, odd. I, I am already on a channel that uh, I don't want to uh, ignore because I, I love the people on it. But uh, we're with the uh, Pod Awful of channel. Of course. Of course, so, we love the people at Pod Awful. Absolutely. They are great. They are great. No, actually, legitimately, we're a nice group of fun, dark people. I, so, <laughs> so great to be among that group of, like, you know, just uh, inappropriate wonderfulness. So, absolutely, podawful.net, <laughs> so everyone knows. By the way. Yes. Uh, is Dean Hagland, is he the guy from X-Files? He is. Oh, funny. So there's the, there's the Vancouver connection there. That's, That's right. He played uh, Langley, one of the three lone gunmen on the X-Files, yeah. and then the uh, lone gunman spinoff series as well. I also remember seeing his headshot everywhere in the city, because that's what Vancouver does. That's right. And he also uh, designed one of our Succotash logos that oh. uh, we have for sale uh, on our merch store. So uh, you can check that out. He's a multi-talented fellow. Absolutely. But you mentioned you're on the uh, Pot Awful Network, uh, and we'll talk about this before we get to the end of the show, but where else can people get Dazed and Convicted? All right. Well, you can always find us on the site, and that's dazedandconvicted.com. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash dazedandconvicted, and Twitter is at dazedconvicted. No and, because, you know, character limit. Uh, and I also want to mention, just to plug this, that I do something on Vine, which is sort of related to the podcast. Uh, if you people don't know what Vine is, uh, it's uh, it's a strange little thing where you can make six-second videos and that loop. Uh, and that doesn't allow for very much content, but it does allow for just a kind of a quick zip thing. So what I do is I have a Craigslist set. And I'll talk a little bit about, you know, something that relates to it. And then I'll show the Craigslist ad sort of as a reveal. And it's got, it's always insane and ridiculous. And I think it's kind of funny. So I do that series. And if you want to find me on Vine, I think you can just look me up by at Monica Humberg or just by my name and Vine. So yeah. I've, uh, I've seen a few of those and they are very funny. Uh, I'm you. I'm sort of on the precipice of starting to, to vine regularly. I think I have actually one vine I posted just experimentally oh. like last March. And it's uh, I drew a face on my hand, and my hand is making a chewing noise. It's... <laughs> So you're mature, too. This is well, funny. I felt kind of like Alexander Graham Bell making that first phone call. I mean, what are you going to say? It's my first Vine. I didn't know what to do. We're going to get to uh, another regular feature we do. Uh, so these are the shows that have shown the most action up or down in Stitcher's top 100 comedy podcasts. In fact, Monica, we even have a jingle for it that goes a little something like this. The 10 most active shows in the Stitcher top 100 comedy podcast all right, so here's the rundown on the latest top 10 most active shows on the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast list. At number 37, The Champs, with Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasher, up 32 places. Uh, and Monica, if you have anything to say about any of these podcasts, uh, feel free to jump in. A lot of these I've featured on the show. Some of them I literally have still have never heard of before. Mm. At number 60, This Week in Blackness Radio, up 47 places. At 63, Dining with Doug and Karen, up 34 places. And uh, we'll be playing a clip from that in uh, just a few moments. At 65, Cashing In with T.J. Miller, up 36 places. And it's a funny premise to show <coughs> because uh, the premise is that Cash has this podcast. He invites people on. But the only guest that can ever make it is T.J. Miller. 
Atmos. Yeah. I was like waiting for Godot, except exactly. Godot shows up, but he's the only Godot. Okay. Uh, at 66, Keith and the Girl comedy talk show up 14 places. Uh, one I don't know other... how they. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know how they keep going up because I thought they were sort of already at like number 10. So it's like, how, did, how does 14 happen? But okay. Well, they slide back and forth and they get into the top 100. So they're only at 66, which means they were down even lower on the list. Yeah, and they're very good, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what happens, though, if you don't put out an episode for a while, your numbers slide further and further down, then all of a sudden you jump back up. For instance, the next uh, the next slot, 78, is Super Ego, uh, up 50 places. Now, Super Ego is a great show. Oh, it is. But they haven't put out a new episode in a couple of months, and then they have a promo for their, their Country Western album that we're going to play later in this show, and just that promo alone has jumped their numbers this much. Oh, wow. Uh, number 80, Jim Florentine's uh, Metal Comedy Midgets, uh, down 16 points. At 84, Sex Squad, down 12 points, or 12 places. I never know where to say they're places or points. Hmm, or, yeah. Or slots or something. But <laughs> but that's worse with Sex Squad, to use the term slot. Yeah, yeah that's true. Good point. Uh, at 85, The Morning Stream, up 23 places. And finally, at 91, Yoshi Didn't Podcast, down 17. Now, I've never heard Yoshi Didn't yeah. Podcast. But what a great title. One? Are you familiar with that one? No, I just, I'm in love with the title. I know, Yoshi I, Didn't Podcast. They're, they're frequently in the top 100. I think yeah. next week I'll play a, a clip from them. I just haven't gotten around to it. But it is a, it is a captivating title. Uh, and Succotash, by the way, nowhere near the top 100, as usual. We did jump from number 5,036 on Stitcher last week to 4,273. So wow. that is up 763 places in a week. Wow. That's so really great. Yeah, so we're getting there, and we have the listeners to thank. The 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast list. All right. So, up 34 places on the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast this week. Normally, the Karen in Dining with Doug and Karen is comedian Karen Anderson. But she's on special assignment, as co-host Doug Benson's puts it. I don't really know what that means. And filling in is comedian Karen Kilgariff, who, uh, whose comedy music we've featured here uh, quite a few times before. She's very funny. Their guest yeah. comedian on the show is Dave Anthony from Walking the Room. And their guest chef, Shauna Lynn Malazzo from the Belmont in Los Angeles. Anyway, this clip is less than five minutes, but everyone except the chef, who hasn't been introduced yet, covers a range of topics. Food, kids, pot, and a new sponsor whose viral video spurred Karen's condition called Don't Click On It-itis. Where do you stand on food, Dave? I love it. At a winery is the answer. Grapes. I uh what? <laughs> is this the new comedy? I try I say that to every guest. It's just part it gets the same reaction every time. It's like, just, what is happening? This, you're listening to Left Turn <laughs> with Doug Benson. Um but that's the last gotcha question of the interview. Oh, that's it? Yeah, the, gotcha! rest, the rest of the time you just be yourself and uh enjoy some food that's prepared by our chef today. Yeah. Uh Katie and I were uh very excited to discuss earlier is the very first chef we've ever had on the program. Really? That was back when we wouldn't, we didn't even let her sit down. She just had to talk from a standing position like she was serving us. <laughs> and um, I like it. But now we let the guests t sit down. The guest chef sits down and talks. And um, 
but also what you what did your research uncover as far as are we reaching the one year anniversary? It's passed. Oh, in Oops. April. All right. What's the un- one year anniversary? April's always a little foggy for me in general. What? Why? Oh, you know, because there's the twentieth. Oh, four twenty. I see. So that blows mm-hmm. the whole month. The or? whole month goes. Well, yeah, because you gotta you gotta train in the early part of the month. <laughs> right. How? Then there's the big day. <laughs> <laughs> then there's and the there's calm down. The, and then yeah, there's, yeah, the depression. That's, oh, that's brutal. That's yeah. that's what that's when quiet followed by explosives happens. Wow. What's uh, what's the training like these days? You know, you just get up and Bong I, think lifts. A, I think they have a term for it. <laughs> getting up? Yeah, getting up. <laughs> I got up today. <laughs> Success. Um, what was the question? I was just saying, did are you going to get Karen anything for your anniversary? Oh, well, that's the thing is it's well past. It's uh, we're, we're three months past it. I guess we could do a, a thing on the year, year and a half. She wouldn't expect it. It would be a lovely surprise. What do you two think of people that actually say out loud when it's their half birthday? Oh, um, how old are they? Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're- I don't give a shit how old they are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to know about it when you're three. (laughs) It's expected when they're four or five, but if they're like 35, you know, then go fuck themselves. Oh, it's my half birthday and I'm 35 and I got to go feed my cats. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that sentence ends. (laughs) <laughs> Come and mark time with me. It's my half birthday. Oh, that doesn't, yeah, it no, doesn't make sense no to me. No reason to keep track of that. I just got a call from my um, doctor that gives me my medical license mm-hmm. for weed. They, you know, it's nice of them to remind me that it's about to expire. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know they did that. That's quite a service. Well, he's yeah. a high roller in that yeah. area, so <laughs> they're not going to let his are, business. I just want to get them all back. They don't want him going somewhere. Are you That's doing? Right. Are you are you up on billboards for the doctor yet? <laughs> I see Doctor Shiraz. <laughs> I know that would be <laughs> that would be neat. That would be a good uh, sponsor for the show instead of doing, right? doing Hulu Plus. And oh, there's this new sponsor we might do called Shave for a Dollar. Dollar Shave oh, that Club. Doesn't... Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. What is that? Um, I have to say, I don't know what it technically is. <laughs> I just know the commercial they shot for it was super popular, and everyone kept posting it. And I have this thing where when people send me videos or post videos, I just don't watch them. Sure. Like I, I, I've never seen that Friday video, the girl that sings Friday, mm-hmm. because I have that weird like I don't want to get involved in this, mm-hmm. which is great for comedy and having a large reference base. Mm-hmm. You really know what's going on. Um, so but you do seem like to a... know about the song, so that's good. Right, but it's almost like this phony knowledge of just what other people say, tweet, or talk about in their sets or something like Sounds that. It's like mm-hmm. a social disorder. It definitely is. <laughs> but don't try to prove the point of why it was my fault in the relationship. Don't use this podcast. But let's just um, call it, let's just give it a name. I won't click on it, itis. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't name it, hashtag, we can't solve it. Hashtag, I won't click on it. I just because I I have that because of course you know I have side boob Sunday where <laughs> nice young ladies send me pictures that they end up the things men end up saying to them. I I just feel bad for the whole yeah for all of us. We do Taint Tuesday. <laughs> How's that? Is that nice? It's still uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I was really pleased that Karen Kilgariff was so funny, and she was like she. I think that sometimes, and obviously I have an angle towards this, but uh, I think that sometimes when you listen to podcasts and there's two guys and a girl, the girl really feels like the sidekick, and she doesn't get a lot to say, and she doesn't feel like she's sort of the equivalent, and that sometimes is just the dynamics. It's not really a sexism thing, but I felt it was really nice. To, she was just genuinely funny, 
And I, I felt like she was really a part of the conversation and, she, and you know, kept her own with the guys. And they were both really funny. So I like yeah. that clip. Yeah, it was a good, good clip. It's a good show. Dining with Doug and Karen is on the Nerdist Network. Dig in with them over at Nerdist.com. Uh, they're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and they are on YouTube if you want to see them cook the dishes they cook at some point in that show. This is the first clip that uh, we have from Monica today, and uh, you want to tell us about it? Sure. So Distorted View is the Henson show. It is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, maybe I shouldn't intro those things like that, but, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this is just amazing. You know, no, no other podcast compares. No, but I think it's it's really fun. It is definitely one of those podcasts you you will have to warn people about before they listen. It's inappropriate. It's politically incorrect. It is dark. But he is a ton of fun. And it's one of the first podcasts I listened to that I was like, wow, I love what this guy is doing. So um, I guess uh, to intro this clip, I'll tell you that at the end of his show, he has three news items that he reads. He's also got sort of bizarre audio clips throughout the podcast. But at the end is the news segment. He's got these three stories. And uh, in this one, for some strange reason, all three were somehow urine-related. So, yeah. <laughs> so the first two, you know, he went through them, they had something to do with urine, then he's going to get to the third one. And that's something you should know before we get into these clips. All right, Thank here you. we go. Do we have one more story about piss? Let's see. It comes from our most fucked up state. Say it with me. Dominic Andrew Giordano ran off without his Crocs and his bladder control skills. Oh, it is about pee. They said it couldn't be done, but I was never one to listen to conventional wisdom. They said to me, Tim, you could not possibly do a show that would contain three news stories, all which revolved around piss. But that's exactly what happened today. I am so happy you are here to experience this moment, to bask in its amber piss-like glow with me as we celebrate three urine stories in one episode of Distorted View Daily. Truly a momentous moment, one that will go down in the history books alongside the Emancipation Proclamation, the first man on the moon, Tears for Fears and its tribute band, the memorable Reasons is Treasons. Ladies and gentlemen, here now is the historic third urine story on the June 26, 2013 edition of Distorted View Daily. Let's do it proud. Now that we got the pomp and circumstance over with. Yes, Dominic Andrew Giordano, Gio, Giordano ran off without his Crocs and his bladder control skills. The 32-year-old West Boca man apparently urinated on himself after he tried and failed to break into another man's truck. <laughs> Was he scared? Is that why he pissed himself? Or did he just really have to go? Because if you are planning to rob someone or, I don't know, Stage a bank heist or something. You should re just go pee before all of this goes down because you don't know how long it's going to last. There are always snags in a plan. So if you think, oh, okay, 
in and out. I'll be in and out of this this bank job in in a half hour. All right. Well, what if something happens and you're there for two, three hours? You're gonna hold your piss. You can't go pee. Uh, what, what are you gonna tell these people? All right. No one move. Just pretend I'm here pointing a gun at you. I'll be thirty seconds. I have to relieve myself. No. And then, and then what are you gonna do? Pee in front of the people? What if you're pee shy? Oh, it could just really turn into a disaster. Just go to the bathroom before your crime spree starts. I feel like all of this stuff is common sense, but we have to go over it. All right, the reports lays out the allegations against Giordano. At about 12.15 p.m. on Monday, a West Boca couple stopped at the Chipotle. While their uh, Toyota Tundra pickup truck was parked, a man later identified as Giordano... Uh, tried to open the vehicle's door. The driver, a 53-year-old West Delray man, yelled at Giordano, who took off running south. His black Croc shoes... Again, if uh, if you're going to rob some, why would you be wearing Crocs? If you need to flee, Crocs are not a good shoe. Uh, Giordano's black Croc shoes fell off, and he left them at the scene. He kept running to a nearby discount shoe warehouse. Okay, a deputy arrived to find the man walking out of the shoe store barefoot and clutching a bag of new sneakers. Why not wear the shoes out? Giordano was told to sit on the sidewalk. At this point, the deputy noticed a liquid stream soaking his pant leg. And from Giordano's breath, an overwhelmingly strong smell of alcohol. Oh, okay, that explains it. While looking at the suspect, it appeared that he may have urinated himself as there was a steady wet stream line running down his pants leg. The deputy wrote in his report, Giordano offered an explanation. He said he thought the Toyota Tundra was his because he used to have a truck. This guy didn't even really try to rob these people. It just looks like he tried to get it. You know, he was drunk, so maybe he did think he was getting in his car, even though he doesn't. He said at one point he owns a Tundra. Yeah, in 1993. All right, well, so so he opened the door and tried to get in the vehicle, and then the owner was like, "Eh, hold on, buddy, this is my car, not yours. I get in the wrong car all the time. I'm really bad about that. The only thing that I look at really is color. Oh, that's a a white car. It must be mine. Well, clearly, if you like urine in your podcast, Distorted View is (laughs) at least one place you can track that down. What a great tagline for him. Tim, I love you. Please don't take this personally. So that's Tim Hansen. I'm trying to get him on my show, too. Oh, okay. Well, you can find more at distortedview.com. He's also on iTunes and, again, also on YouTube. Uh, You know, in the world of terrestrial radio and television, if you screw up playing a commercial from a sponsor, you have to do what's called a make good, which means you have to play them another commercial or maybe two commercials or three commercials for free for screwing up. Well, we're going to do a make good right now for a podcast that misidentified who was on the clip we played last week. The Hobcast with Hob the Troll, who you may remember if you listened last week, is the toast of Ren Fairs from coast to coast. Now, he was supposed to feature Hob and his guest King John, played by Mark Gagliardi of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. But instead, the clip I got was Hob and Brother Perfidious of the Bastard Monks. Uh, so after he heard the flub, Hob contacted me on Twitter and asked if I would play the correct clip. I said, sure, because he's a, he's a troll, after all. Right. So, yeah. You don't want to mess with him. No, no. So we're going to play the right clip right now. And then as a bonus, right after we hear Hob and King John, we've got a treat from one of Hob the Troll's music CDs. So uh, here's Hob the Troll and King John. All right. Here, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Ah, uh, Yes. 
I also brought a glass. And you have brought me a, a purple Fanta. I brought a glass here. I'll just open it for you and pour it inside. I wouldn't want to make you drink from the from the can like a like a peasant. You could not make me do anything. Oh, but that's I true. appreciate the glass. So, so I'm sorry. I feel I feel like I'm coming off on the wrong foot. I sound a little hoity-toity. I'm having a bad day. I understand. I understand. What's what's other than your uh, other than the carriage and the horse issues? Is there anything else? Is anything troubling you? Uh, I got a letter from my brother. Oh. Yes, Richard, the lion-hearted, off on his crusades. Mm-hmm. Making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And yet here's poor brother John, serving as king of a tiny island. No one respects him. That sounds so sad. This is delicious, by the way. This oh, is thank delicious, you. I thank you. Well, uh, I'm and, and I just... It's, a, it's an inferiority complex I understand. I, I understand. You, you know. Do you have brothers? I've got a sister. We're not close. You, oh, you've got a sister. Do you ever date her friends? We, um, you know, we're, we're, we're cordial. You know. Yes. Uh, it's, um, it's just, uh, she, I don't know, she doesn't really respect me. She doesn't respect you, Hob. No, no, You're a no. perfect gentleman. Why, thank you. That's, that's a very high compliment, Your Majesty. Well, I thank you for calling me Your Majesty. I... I, I, a fellow breaks down on your bridge. You not only offer to help him repair it, but you offer him a, a delicious purple Fanta as well. Well, I, I try. I try to make the most of it. Now, now, if I'll just, uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm just gonna. Uh, I, I have to get under the carriage. We'll, we'll continue talking. I just don't want to uh, um, upset you. Oh, of course, of course, of course. I'm not upset at all. Oh, good. I'm. I'm I mean, I am by mood. my brother and his letter, but. Nothing you've done has upset me yet. I I see. Uh, so so uh, what what it is that okay? Is it good news? What's that? I can't hear you under that carriage. I'm sorry. What what did what did the letter say? Oh, he's you know it's the problem. Hob is he just brags and brags and brags and mm -hmm. he claims it's all for the glory of England, but. He always refers to England as the crown. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mean, like, who, just, who, who refers to a whole country by the hat that you wear? Yeah, that's you kind know? of that's kind of passive aggressive. It is. It's passive aggressive. He'll say, "I'm doing this all for the crown. The crown is the is the jewel of the world, the Emerald Isle, and blah blah blah." I know what you mean when you mean the crown. You say you, you're doing it for England, but you're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, you know, and, and I'm getting a sneaking suspicion that uh, everything that they're doing over there is... They're not telling us everything they're doing. Right. You know, they're mentioning these holy relics that they're finding. And I'm thinking, how did you get these? Mm -hmm. Really? You just walked in. He, in one of his letters, he walked in and he said that the monks fell to their knees in praise of the English king and seeing the lion heart of Richard and just gave him their treasures. Really? Really, Richard? Yeah, that. You know what? Now that you are, uh, now that you're talking about it, it sounds a little bit. Uh, and you know what? If it's really that holy and important, why not just leave it where it is? Yes. What do you need it for? For the good of England, which you called the crown, which is the hat that you wear. Ugh! Drives me crazy. Well, you know, uh, it's 
it's it, people have to do what they have to do for their own reasons and whatever you know it's it's mostly just important to make sure that that um we're, we're all we're all healthy and happy i i understand Hob, but he's he's my brother i am to to treat him with the respect that not even just a king but a brother deserves and yes you are a wise troll Hob. oh thank you thank you if you um if it would not be too much trouble if you could hand me that uh uh, that wrenched right there. I do not know what a wrench is. It's the thing that's kind of... Me- it's it's metal and shiny, and it's in their case. Ooh, shiny, I know. Yes. It's, it's, yes. It's very... It's it's silver-looking. It's it's just below your, your hand there. Ah, yes, here. This this one looks shiny. Is this the one? Um, let me try it. Okay, um, the one right next to it. Uh, right. That's slightly right. bigger. There you go. Is it equally shiny? This one? Yes. Ah, Gramercy, Gramercy. Um, oh, good. All right. Now, Monica, you told me that uh, you're troll of averse. Well, yes. Uh, I have issues with trolls to begin with. So, you know, that that's a problem when you listen to this. But I got to say that I, I liked it. I liked their interaction. I thought there were lots of, you know, really inspired moments. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> I've not heard a podcast yet where a troll was interviewing someone, so that was that was exciting. I also wish that there was audio of the uh, conversation where he told you, a, a troll told you that you uh, did not play the correct clip, because I think that conversation would be really funny. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Uh, you can find more Hobcasts at HobTheTroll.com, iTunes, also on Stitcher Smart Radio. And here's the treat I promised you. Treat being, um, uh, it's on a sliding scale. Uh, this is a cutoff Hob the Troll CD, Hob Sings. So if you like his speaking voice, then his singing voice will, well, do about the same for you. Here's Hob in his rendition of the classic Wooly Bully. This is talking about a monster or something. Uno, dos, one, two, three, cuatro. <laughs>
So there, Monica, I don't know if you have a whole lot of music on your show, but uh, that's the sort of thing we treat our listeners to here on Succotash. That's, that's, you know, that's sex music. That's the background music you play when you're making out, isn't it? <laughs> well, if you're into troll porn, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And who isn't? <laughs> I found this next clip that you provided very interesting <laughs> only because the title of the show completely threw me off uh-huh. yeah, I can as see far that. as the cast goes. Yes. Uh, so why don't you tell us about the bi-quarterly women's club? So they're all men. <laughs> you start with that. <laughs> that. That might have been what threw you off. Uh, it's actually very funny because when you look at the picture there or their logo, you know, it's all them dressed as women and they look terrible. They are <laughs> ugly, ugly women. Ugly, ugly women. You know, I am happy for them that they're not actually transsexuals because I think that would be a very sad path for them to go down. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's interesting. Okay, so first of all, I'll tell you, this actually had no bearing on the fact that I, I like Chris Wilding a lot, but he is from Montreal, which is my hometown. Okay. So I, I, I get where he's coming from to begin with. He is, uh, you know, he's got this uh, very direct style that I love. I love that, and I love that um, about New Yorkers. Just, you know, they say what's on their mind, and they don't, uh, you know, they don't sugarcoat it. And that's lots of fun because you actually get someone is saying as opposed to running around in circles like they do over here in Vancouver where they're trying to be like super tactful but also really nice but don't like you. So uh, I think, uh, anyway, so that's to intro just uh, what that show is. It, mm -hmm. it comes out of Vancouver, and uh, Chris is uh, very funny. I like him. He's been great on my podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, do you want me to tell him a little bit about what the clip's going to be about? I think you have to because uh, okay. it it takes a while to figure it out. Yes. Um, but with the proper setup, it'll make total sense. Right, okay. So in general, they, they have a lot of different segments on their show, and uh, I think what they do best is the like they have these hilarious prank phone calls that they do, and they also do these really interesting, they do interviews, and it's just, just really strange things that are kind of original. So in this case, there's this guy named Luca Minotta, motherfucker. Uh, he murdered somebody. He's really he's a piece of shit. And I, I absolutely, you know, I hate when people talk about serial killers. They don't insert the fact that these people are just the, the scum of the earth. So this guy, first of all, his background... Wait, wait, wait. Is, has he yeah. been convicted? He's alleged, but he's killing someone on video. So, so he's alleged motherfucker. He's an alleged killing someone on video motherfucker yes so, <laughs> but uh the original thing is basically the background is that this guy originally killed a kitten on wow. webcam uh put it out on the internet people tried uh, to report him and they said you know one who the fuck does this two that's a, an indication this person's going to do something worse and uh I, this i think this was in Oh, God, was it in Montreal or was it in Toronto originally when that happened? Anyway, this guy really loves attention. This is what he's always wanted. He wanted to be a gay porn star. I think that's an achievement that if you don't achieve, you're pretty sad. But he didn't. He didn't become the famous gay porn star he wanted. Aww. He didn't become the actor that he wanted. He didn't become the model that he wanted. And I guess what he decided to do was get the attention. And he did by being a killer. So he ended up uh, murdering a student uh, some guy, I don't know how, I'm not sure what the connection is of how he got the guy to go to his apartment. He just butchered him on video in absolutely nice. horrible circumstances. Yes. So there's that's the background to this comedy club. But uh, so you need to know that that's who this guy is. There was a big search. He mailed body parts all over the country to people. Just to, right. <laughs> wow. 
quite an amazing kid. Then he escaped to Berlin. People caught him, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, all that to say, there's a big manhunt. So now there's the, the preliminary inquiry, I think, in Montreal, which is where the guy lives, and which is also obviously where these podcasters are. So they're attending the trial, the preliminary inquiry, which is, you know, interesting, and they're the, of the alleged, which they keep saying, killer. Yes. And now... Uh, Luke McDonough during this trial, at one point he fainted. They saw He saw the video of his murder, and he, quote-unquote, fainted. This was shocking to him somehow, even though he was there doing it. So he faints in a very acting way, and uh, then uh, they take the opportunity, the women of this podcast, to go and interview uh, some of the serial killer supporters that are there. One in okay. particular they're going to get to. Let's spin that clip. So you are uh, a guy we've heard about a lot in the news, a Luca Magnata supporter, correct? Yeah, yeah, I would say I'm a Luca Magnata supporter. Okay, and... Uh, <laughs> Why would you say that? Yeah, it's no longer a legend. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I'd call myself. You, you understand what he's been, been accused of allegedly, and, and you're, you're okay with that? Allegedly. Um, well, people have asked me that before. They've right. asked me if I've supported um, killing for pleasure. Right. Uh, I've never said that. Um, I, I don't support killing for pleasure. He supports killing for sustenance and meat. Pleasure. Um, you know, these are things that he's accused of, and uh, until he receives a fair trial, um, it's really up to a, a, a judge and jury to decide on that. Um, I don't really want to speculate. And, right. Um, if he was convicted, um, would you still stand by him? Hold on. He's not in the stretcher, don't worry. Yeah, they have a stretcher oh, yeah, coming yeah. out, oh, yeah, to like go pick him up, you know. He's all concerned. Yeah, Kyle's all concerned. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Fuck Kyle. Uh, oh. He he did faint in court today. We can talk about that. We can't talk about why. Um, do you do you fear for his safety? He slipped on a banana peel. Whoa, whoa. Oh, hum, dinger. Yeah, I hope he's okay. Um, I hope he is. Um, you know, holding up well. Um. Uh, I know he's but it wasn't a rock. He's been in um, I don't know how you call it solitary confinement. Right. Um, um, so I know he must be um, mm-hmm. g- you know going through a, a, a difficult time right now. And, and if he is convicted of those crimes, would you still support him? Um. um could you rephrase this? If well, let's say he's, he's convicted of, of the murder, would you still support him? Guilty. Yeah, found guilty. Um, well, um, you know, I, I, since I've been in the preliminary hearing, I've, uh, I've um, you know, been seeing it, the evidence and hearing the testimony. Um, so even though I don't really want to uh, publicly voice my opinion on his innocence or guilt, um, but like a fact. He thinks he's so important. Like it's going to sway the jury pool. Oh, oh, well, Kyle thought, Kyle, after he ate his lozenge, thought that he was guilty. Oh, we must acquit. Fantasy, assuming in a fantasy world he was convicted, would you still support him? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, um... Sure, yeah. What's that? Yeah, come on. I don't support, um, uh, you know, like I said, the, uh, killing for pleasure or anything like that, but... What, 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 why is that a buzzword? Yeah. Why is killing for pleasure his buzzword? um, What do you support? What kind of killing do you support? You fuck. Every other type. Oh, get out of my city, you fuck. I'm just trying to support Luca uh, mm-hmm. as a person. And, um, and uh, you know, th- there's there's people that are um, providing support for, mm-hmm. for Jinlin's family. Right. Um, yeah, the guy who was dismembered. Yeah. They're, they're giving his family support. 
It's only fair. The guy who was dismembered, eaten, and then fucked. <laughs> allegedly. No, actually, not allegedly. No, that, that happened. Yeah, that all happened. <laughs> Their support, you know, he's really dipping into the support pool. He's really putting both hands in twice. Well, he can because they're not attached anymore. But um, chump, please, please. Oh, I'll do it again. You ready? Yeah. He's really putting both hands into the support pool. Well, he can because they're not attached anymore. As far as the uh, the translators, the lawyers, um, and the uh, the fund that's through the college, um, and there's just not that amount of support for Luke and his right. family, even though. Right. It must be, um, you know, just uh, really terribly hard on them as well. It's good to know if I ever, like, kill and eat someone, I can still, like, like hot guys will still come and see me. do anything. Clearly, if you have supporters for that, you could pretty much do anything. Don't you admire me? (laughs) You got a question? Uh, Yeah, what is it about Luca specifically that fascinates you? What what about him brought you down from the United States, or up, rather, I should say? Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a long way from here. Yeah, uh, it took about three days to drive up here. I had to get in it. This guy is from fucking North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I sound like a border guard, but but like, do you have money? Is someone sending you money or? Uh, no, I've I've saved up money and. Um... Okay. People were contacting him on his Tumblr, by the way, to send him money. Really. And when he left, people were like, "Quebec misses you. Please come back." People won't pay to have phone sex with me. People won't fucking <laughs> donate money to my fucking show, Sticky Hooves. <laughs> To fucking give us a mixer so we can, you know, make fun of these mutants. I gotta go support a killer. Who can I support? Yeah, it's uh, that guy is uh, clearly lacking a bit of awareness about the world in general. Yeah, it's, it's a strange little thing. Like, it's a strange thing to be a serial killer supporter and also be public about it. That's what's yes. kind of weird, too. Like, I guess if you're going to do that, which is weird. I hate people that write to killers in jail and stuff like that. I don't get it. But it's really weird to not have the awareness that other people are going to be like, what are you doing? Are you are you sick? No, this guy doesn't have that at all. It's, it's stunning. Very good. Well, thank you for that. And again, that was uh, the bi quarterly women's club and you can get that at uh oh you know what this this brings up one of the things that's always my beef which is um you should just google their title the bi-quarterly women's club because their web links are ludicrously long to remember because if you want to try and find them they are bqwsc.tumblr.com uh which to have to remember all those initials is a little bit crazy but well, once uh, you get the tumblr down pat then i think you're kind of okay with that because then true. it's just the initials that's true but do people even type these things in anymore i think they just go to google anyways right yeah no that's how i find everything you can also get them on itunes and i guess they're on stitcher i couldn't see a stitcher logo on their uh site but i think uh, stitcher manages to scoop almost everybody up unless you <laughs> opt out uh you know more and more comedians are finding their way into podcasting our next podcast kicking it with mary lynn is hosted by comedian and actress mary lynn rice cub who you should recognize from 24 and also the larry sanders show uh her guest on her latest episode was actress casey wilson who has a new movie coming out, but was recently also on the ABC series Happy Endings. And here they get into the subject of something you should know a little something about, Monica, auditioning. I can remember getting ready for auditions and just having no concept. Like it's, I'm so lucky I got any... I feel the same where I'm thinking back to things I did or like... You're just like, oh, God, I'm embarrassed for, like, rooms I've been in and things that have happened where... I mean, I'd wear, like, dirty 
boys t-shirts <laughs> and not brush my hair. I used to bring props in. <laughs> I'm just like oh. so embarrassed. Well, I only did it a couple well, times, but I don't know. Like there was so bad. There was just something and I brought a prop. Like I think it was a baby or like a phone, like a full phone. It's just like so embarrassing. Like I, you know, I'm just embar- I'm embarrassed. What but. do you think that is? Because you're just living the comedy you can't you're not like a woman saying i'm going up you're just i don't know what it was i thought that was the right thing to do i was like oh well it calls for a phone i better provide that like that's the thing to do and and then some i remember someone was like oh like never bring a prop and i acted like yeah 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 of course and then the car was like oh my god (laughs) just there's certain things i think that's how i felt like graduating from acting school where you're like i'm gonna be play all the major Shakespeare roles on Broadway. That'll be my career path. And then it's like, no, you're going to audition in LA and, you know, for parts that are as close to your own personality as possible. And you have no idea of just what you're doing, but you're kind of in there auditioning alone. You don't, it's not like you're seeing other people kind of, I don't know. That's off topic, but just, I remember. Did you go, did you, were you, so you were a serious, were you resistant to coming to LA? I wasn't resistant, but comedy because i always see you i've known you for a long time but we don't see each other but i just assume that you i don't know you have a group of friends and you guys all improvise and have like <laughs> well, kind of a community but did you come from more of a serious i uh, did yeah i went sort of i mean i went to nyu like tish school of the arts at stella adler and it was very like a lot of check off and doing like you know sam shepherd plays in like carol church show and all these kind of different things and so at the time i thought Oh, I'm absolutely going to be like on the boards at Broadway, like doing all these things. No. And then right after college, June and I started doing like sketches somewhere because someone asked us to. And then we're kind of like, maybe we should do comedy. I mean, it really wasn't anything thought out before I graduated. And then I just sort of did. And people would say kind of along the way, you know, you should maybe think about comedy. And I don't know if that was a an insult at the time. I thought, you know, maybe this is bad. But then everyone I loved as an actress, I think, is hugely funny. Like Shirley MacLaine, I loved so much. And she's really funny. And yeah. I don't know. So, What was your first sketch? We did a sketch called... Um, we did, I think, the sketch... It was about two girls auditioning, actually, because, of course, we don't know anything more than that. So our <laughs> imagination was so limited. But we did this sketch called Gloria, where we were both auditioning and being rude to each other. But we were both named Gloria. And then at the end, somehow we danced to Laura Branigan's Gloria. (laughs) After we both didn't get the part. (laughs) And then we had this sketch about a bread basket, which actually was kind of funny when I look back on it. I look like obese in it, but oh well. Um, It's basically a video where it's silent and like some waiter puts down a bread basket and then we'd like destroy the entire restaurant um, because we don't want to eat it or something. He puts on the bread basket? Yeah, like he just drops a bread basket at our table and it goes like into very slow motion and we then destroy ourselves and try to like kill ourselves and destroy the whole restaurant. <laughs> so, I don't know. Who filmed this? Oh, gosh. Are you going to get in directing? Who directed your movie? Uh, this great director, Chris Nelson. It, he had done commercials, and uh, he's now since done another movie, given the fact that we shut down for two years. And we were like, oh, I guess now we're going to be a second movie. Uh, he directed this movie, Gay Dude for Lionsgate. But he's amazing, and he really made the movie look good. Whereas June and I had a concept for the movie, but we kind of thought they'd be a little more grounded or would just kind of film like most normal comedies. And he brought this like, I always pronounce this name wrong, Almodovar, Pedro. Is that better than, okay. Kind of sensibility to it where it looks just bright colors and it aesthetically looks really great. And 
he heightened the characters a little. And we had these two stylists, uh, two last, they're jewelry designers and stylists. They styled the characters. Oh my God. And they did kind of a cool thing. I mean, I hope you like it. I think you will. Women seem to really love it and guys like it too. All right. Well, I talk even more about kicking it with Mary Lynn, who was also a singer or I guess is a singer, but used to front a band by a friend of mine down in L.A. years and years ago. Uh, anyway, I re- reviewed her show this past week for This Week in Comedy Podcast for Splitsider.com. Uh, you can also find more episodes of her show at TheNerdist.com. Not The Nerdist, just Nerdist.com. iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Do you have uh, any... Uh, Horrific audition stories, Monica. My whole life is a series of horrific audition stories. I don't, I don't know what in particular to draw from. There was one where it required a dance. They only told you on the spot. <laughs> they danced oh, nice. or two. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, okay, now you're going to do the dance. You're a dance, so just you know, just dance." And I was like, "Okay." So you know, I wait there for a minute. Because I think they're going to play music. Because that's how I understood dance worked overall. And uh, and I'm sort of standing there and I'm like, oh, yeah, could you hear a tune in your head? Whatever oh tune you want. The, the best part, I think, was that, uh, you know, if you've ever tried to hear a song in your head that wasn't playing and danced to it, the great part is that part where... Uh, it has no lyrics where it's just the beat, you know? And then, so, you know, there's that thing where I'm kind of dancing and I suck ass. And then all of a sudden there's the, like the little refrain and I'm just kind of like, you know, just tapping my head to it in my head. There's no music. And I was like, wow, this is just this, you know, it's constant humiliation. And I think that's, what's kind of great at least about having been a performer or being a performer is that you don't get humiliated in real life too much. Cause you're so desensitized. You're so, constantly been embarrassed that you're like, meh, whatever. That's a good point. Your story reminds me of a friend of mine who was auditioning in L.A. and uh, went to a interview. He was the first one there, and there was a sign-in sheet. And yeah. so he put his name down. And then at the top of the sheet, he wrote and he printed in block letters, be prepared to dance. So by the time he came out from his audition, there was a bunch of other people there. They were all stretching and bending and... <laughs> There was, Good for him. Yeah, there was no dance. It was Oh, oh, he screwed with them. Oh, yes. Oh, I thought he was being sweet to the other actors, like give them a little info. Oh, no, no. But he's just, oh. no, no. He was just, <laughs> yeah. They're all they're all warming up. You're yep. right. I could see them like racing around. Uh, let's get to your next clip, which is uh, the New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon. Yes. I, another podcast I absolutely love. Um uh, I try to describe this in a in a decent way. So obviously, what they do is talk about crime in New York City, and uh, the great thing about this podcast, on top of the fact that Pat Dixon is solid and Marcus Parks does an amazing job producing it, is they're both really funny. But they also sometimes bring in a defense lawyer and uh, occasionally as well a retired police officer. So that gives sort of this. They flesh out the Hmm. situation a bit more in terms of, like, the mechanics of how trials and uh, arrests work and those kind of things. And uh, Pat and Marcus have, like, these great New York stories. Uh, Their lives are interesting, and uh, they always kind of bring, you know, sometimes when people talk about their lives on podcasts, you're like, well, you're not that interesting, but this is one of those cases where you're like, no, tell me more about your life. You, you guys are cool. You've got some good stuff. So in this clip, you're going to hear Pat Dixon, Marcus Parks, and an attorney named Dave Rosinski. And they just talked about a teen who avoided being raped in her apartment building in Coney Island, and now they're going to expand a bit on 
that whole thing, but also going to expand a bit on uh, Coney Island, I think, oh, okay. is really more, mainly what they're going to expand upon. And Marcus Parks is the one you're going to hear who loves Coney Island. Dave Rosinski is an attorney. He's going to be the one that starts off the clip, and then you'll hear Pat Dixon's voice reading the news stories. I don't know. That neighborhood sounds crazy, like fruit. You know, like the Coney stuff. Island? Yeah. 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 Coney yeah. Island is not the safest of neighborhoods. Much it's better than it used to be, as are all neighborhoods in New York except for Brownsville and East New York. Uh-huh. Uh, right. But yes. it's still it can get pretty rough. It's not the it's not even a safe beach. And I, <laughs> I mean, I, I love Coney Island. Because it's so many times. It's my favorite place in the city. I get a little sad when I see anything bad happening in Coney Island. Yeah, well, it, it just seems like such a place. You of must wonder be sad a lot, <laughs> right? Uh, I stay sad. I really I love do. that beach. I've been down there numerous times. Mm-hmm. Every time I go, it's a different. You know, it's, well, it's the same but different. You yeah. Know? But a lot of uh, yeah, it's just a, a just like you said, a, just a, every kind of humanity. You know, they like guys crawl out from under the rocks. They show up in a gigantic droopy pair of tidy whiteies. <laughs> like they look homeless. You know, like sort of going out into the ocean to do their laundry. And you know, there's like <laughs> you know, all kinds of like potato chip bags floating around and stuff. And the kids love it, man. Oh, they love it. Man, those kids are always having such. A, it's funny. You don't really see many kids in the actual uh, amusement park area of Coney Island. But man, they're all on the beach. That's all hipsters going down there to like try and get their sentimental sort of like roller coaster ride in or something yeah. like that. Oh man, roller coasters are so fucking awesome. The man. new coasters are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The Eagle uh, Eagle Soar is pretty awesome. What's have you, the deal have with you seen that down? new vol- uh, they, they got a new roller coaster there? They're starting this year called the Rapist. <laughs> <laughs> the non consensual gagger. <laughs> uh, also, a sixteen year old Canarsie girl. Uh, in order to survive a stabbing by a jealous suitor, played dead. Yep. Another smart victim. Here That's we right. go. She she played dead, so now we know that that works on bears <laughs> and Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Uh, she'd been talking to his roommate and apparently got jealous. Uh, the attack took place it was like 2 a.m. and it was near the girl's Foster Avenue apartment. Uh, she was walking home with a pal. They were approached by Winder. Wind, winder. If somebody's name is W I N D E R, is it Winder or is that Winder? Uh, I don't know. Well, Idame. I mean, his name Winder Ada- Idame. Idame. I mean, that's uh, that sounds Winder Idame. You should be writing fucking soft porn or something. I mean, what do you? <laughs> Unless you're Idame. Winder Idame. Yeah, then you should be, you know, stabbing chicks. Winder yeah. Idame. Uh, one uh, minute he had his arm around her, uh, playfully hugging. The next he was slicing her across the throat. Twisting the knife. What an asshole! Yeah, oh, yeah, for real. That's that's like sec- his second base is a little different from yeah, my right. second base. <laughs> second base is slicing her hands <laughs> in the palm. I thought she was playing at first. Is what I thought he was playing at first. The girl, the victim, told the post of Winder. I didn't. Oh. I don't know why he would do it to me. Well, she started to fight back, but that made things worse. He was choking me, trying to cover my mouth. I love hearing the story straight from the victim's mouth. He cut my hands too. I told him to leave me alone. He poked the knife into my chest. Just like that. Poked. That's wild, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, just poked it into her chest. I, I wonder, I guess it was probably less than a four-inch blade. Either that or he just probably not. didn't name it properly. I don't think he probably he took know. into account the New York City pocket knife law before he went out to stab people. <laughs> He's like, I hope this will clear her heart chamber because I am going to stab this bitch. Yeah. For talking to my roommate. And he didn't get yeah. the heart, but uh, he did get a lung. <laughs> yeah, he got a lung. Yeah, well, he got, yeah, he got the, the lung was collapsed. Right. Ouch. He was charged yeah. with the But murder. no, thankfully, she's going to make a full recovery. 
mm-hmm. ac- according to our amazing media sources here. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... And uh, he got caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I hope she... Comp- oh. We don't go around with a name like Winder Adame and expect not <laughs> to get caught. Uh, poked it into her chest. As the other stood motionless, she said she realized no one would help her. They didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. I'm trying to get this line read right. They didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so she played dead, uh, and the suspect fled with his pals. So he was arrested, charged with attempted murder. She suffered cuts and, a, like you said, collapsed lungs. Spent a week at Brookdale. Expected to make a full recovery. Well, good for her. Yeah. I can see where that would be a very funny podcast. And Pat Dixon was actually uh, on your episode 100 as your yes. as your guest. Yes. He's great. He's one of my favorite comics, so it's pretty exciting for me. And he's been getting into the uh, the top 100 on Stitcher the last couple of weeks, by the way. So Yes. Uh, yes, I, well. I noticed. Again, very long URL for mm-hmm. this show. CaveComedyRadio.com slash NYC Crime Report. To sort of... <laughs> them like i defended the long url at uh my quarterly women's social i'm defending people's technological issues because i've got them too um but uh what they're doing is they have cave comedy radio broadcasts out of a comedy club in new york city which is i think uh uh the creek in the cave right right and uh and i think what they're doing is they have this whole network of shows that i think the podcast out of there and so then they're sort of extensions of that channel and i think they all try to promote each other that's the sense i get of why they use that as their URL. But you're right. It doesn't help anyone, so you do have to Google things and, and then yeah, click. I mean, they, they can certainly still have Cave Comedy Radio, but just have their own URL that links to that. just makes it easier for people to find. I agree. Uh, this next podcast is a monthly thing. features a sketch comedy group called Lost Moon Radio out of Los Angeles. I played a clip from one of their early episodes, and I'm happy to report they are still funny. In this clip from episode 8, Entitled Hauntings, we catch up with a group of young campers on their closing night bonfire. Okay, campers, this is a big night. It's our last bonfire, our last powwow. And I just want to say what an amazing summer it has been with all of you guys. Maybe the best one ever. Now it's time for a little tradition called Sweets and Sours. I want to hear from you guys about your favorite things from the summer. Those are the sweets. And then maybe one thing you didn't like and you would change, and that's the sour. But you only have to do that if you guys want. All right, Jake, you're going to start. You've got the conch. Uh, It's hard to pick a favorite sweet. I guess maybe the talent show when Maria and Dustin sang Closer to Fine. Yeah, right on. That was a lot of fun. And a sour? That's good. Uh, probably right after the talent show when Dustin disappeared. Okay, yeah. talent show. Good choice, Jake. How about you, Jennifer? Uh, well, I kind of have the same sweets and sours as Jake. Um, I really like the talent show. Um, also, I guess another sour for me was when we had to get up and go canoeing. I know. It was pretty early, huh? Well, yeah. And then and also, how about when we got to the canoe and had Dustin's severed head in it? Okay. Oh, didn't like canoeing. Hey, Melissa. Sweets and sours. Um... I didn't like it when the man in the scarecrow mask tried to kill us. I don't have any sweets. Gosh, guys, I feel like I'm hearing a lot of sours right now. And that's cool, but come on. This is Camp Forgotten Woods. What about all the activities here? I mean, we did archery and lanyards, knife sharpening, night hiking, unsupervised swimming. What about that sauna that locks from the outside? I know there's some sweets out there. How about you, John? Woods, hook hand a bit, Bill. What is that, John? John, what are you saying? Face, 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 Bill. John, I, I can't, John. I, I can't. I can't hear you, John. Can you can you speak up maybe a little bit? Scarecrow Bill. 
He is talking about Scarecrow Bill. Scarecrow Bill? Guys, are you serious? Yes. Is that really what you want to talk about on the last night of camp? The undead, unjustly murdered runaway slave who dresses like a scarecrow and haunts this place? Yeah. What a bunch of downers you guys are. Come on, John. Don't you have any sweets? Bill's the sour. Oh, hey, what about this? What about being the only guy who survived the nature hike, huh? That's pretty sweet. He's traumatized. He's alive. Why does this camp exist? Uh, I don't know how to answer that, Jennifer. Fun? Friendship? No, I mean because Scarecrow Bill keeps coming back. Guys, you keep bringing up Scarecrow Bill as if we haven't taken care of him. But we did, right? We electrocuted him with a downed power line. Now, who wants some s'mores? Yeah, but this is what you said last year after we encased him in some men and dropped him in the lake. Okay. And the year before that, when we found where his body was buried and dismembered the corpse? And that time when we all held hands and said we forgave him? Guys! Guys! We electrocuted him. Over and done with. You can't come back from that. Why don't you just move the camp? Why don't you just move the camp? (laughs) Look who's bucking for camp director. Scarecrow Bill's coming back. You know, Jennifer, if you're so psychic, maybe you can use those psychic powers to stop Scarecrow Bill next summer. Not coming back next summer. I know what we need, guys. We need a big Forgotten Woods cheer on three. Mm. One, two, three. Really? Come on, guys. Where's your camp spirit? What, John? John, what are you pointing at? I don't see anything. Scarecrow Bill. He is pointing at Scarecrow Bill. John, are you pointing at Scarecrow Bill? Guys, it's not Scarecrow Bill. It's not. I already told you. He's gone. But if it'll make you feel better, we'll go take a look. Jennifer, go check it out. Now I really think they've got some really clever and inventive stuff. You can find it for yourself at lostmoonradio.com. They're also on iTunes. I know when I'd sent you these clips in advance so you could listen to them, uh, you uh, thought they were pretty funny. Yes, I was really impressed by them. I think, uh, one, it was, what a great, what a great concept for a sketch. Because, <laughs> you know, if you've ever been in those environments and there's team building exercises like that, and I just, as sort of happy cynic i always get really frustrated when it's like oh tell us the good stuff and then the bad stuff and this was great like everything about the clip the acting was solid oh, i was just so excited and then i listened to your episode 42 that you did yes. with chris gore and you guys had a clip as well from them and i you didn't announce i think who it was until the end of the clip and by then i was like what a great these are really great sketch people and i'm like oh it's the same people so catch lost moon radio when you get a chance now you have a uh, a sketch oriented show uh, that your next clip is from uh, you want to tell us about sarcastic voyage absolutely here's me bragging about my friends this is this is what the podcast subtitle should be for this episode <laughs> people i like and want to talk about so uh ron Algarwat and matt robottom are the guys from sarcastic voyage and they do these really cool sketches and their podcast actually evolved uh in an interesting way too because they they were sort of a talk uh, they they talked, right? They would have not just strictly sketches, but they right. would have that and then sketches. And then they also had other segments, one of which I inadvertently sort of stole. <laughs> <laughs> not really, but sort of. And then I apologize. And they're like, don't worry, we don't even do it anymore. I was like, okay, because I'm not exactly doing that. So they're super cool. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're lots of fun. They're really creative. I, I think this is a really interesting sketch. So yeah, here we go. Listen. Hey, you the new guy? Hmm? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mumbo's Parva. Good to meet you. Oh, uh, sorry, I thought you had a hand. Nope. Tentacles all the way. That's cool. I get that a lot. I'm Clibus. Oh, uh, man, thank you for being cool about it. That could have been really awkward. So, uh, what's the deal here? Hmm? 
I, well, what are we supposed to do here, exactly? Oh, uh, basically we just stand around. Make the place look full, be intimidating to anyone who might come in trying to mess with a big man. Uh, that's him up there, huh? That's Jabba? Next to the unsettling rat guy, yeah. Hate that little fucker. Thank you. I didn't want to say anything, but he gives me the creeps. He gives us all the creeps. Anyway, yeah, enjoy the music. Is that Sice Noodles? No, that's a very gifted Sice Noodles impersonator. His name's Rick. Anyway, get yourself a drink. Mingle. It's like a non-stop party here, really. A dark, dank party that never ends. So, is there nowhere to sit, or... There's not, actually. And we're expected to sleep here? Yeah, you'll figure it out. It's not as uncomfortable as it sounds. Sidle up to a Gamorrean guard. Those guys are more billy than you think. Huh. What about that guy over there who keeps pulling his mask down every ten seconds? Hmm? Oh, that's Lando Calarizian. What? Seriously? The guy that got chased out of the Bespin by the Empire? Isn't there, like, a crazy bounty on his head? I mean, this is a room full of bounty hunters, right? Listen, probably 70-80% of the guys in this place are in disguise, waiting for the right moment to rescue some friend of theirs. We try not to get in each other's way. Oh, it is such a relief to hear you say that. Actually, I'm here looking for my cousin Greedo. Oh, honey, you'd better sit down. Where? <laughs> now, I like when you sent me uh, the uh, sort of the outline of the sketches you were going to do. All you put for this sketch was, this clip has one of their sketches. <laughs> yes. Well, it's hard because it's hard to describe and it also ruins some of the surprise. That's true. That's so true. I was like, here you go. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> you know, because I was like, I really like, I, you know, I listened to the episode and I was like, I really like a lot of this stuff. But this one is the one that I was like, this is so neat and weird in the best way. But I couldn't really describe it. So. <laughs> and the other thing I like about these guys, besides they're funny, is their URL for the Sarcastic Voyage is sarcasticvoyage.com. Yes. That yeah. Very gives you where you're going to find it. I like that. It's good. Uh, you can get them on iTunes. I assume they're on Stitcher as well. Hello, friends. Whether you are a believer or not in all of this global climate change malarkey, there's no denying that the world's weather has taken on an odd end-of-days look and feel. A day that's bright and balmy one moment can change into a dark and stormy with no warning at all. Which is why the design team at Henderson's Pants has come up with a new exciting breakthrough. Poncho pants. Yes, for the first time in trouser history, or trousery as we like to say, you can own a stylish pair of pants fit for any business meeting or social occasion, which is also equipped with a sturdy pullover poncho that not only comes with a hood, but is 100% waterproof to boot. The poncho, super thin and made of high-density mylar, is compressed using Henderson's patented microfold technology and tucked into the rear waistband of the pants. Now, at the first drop of moisture, simply reach behind your own back, like this, and with a good stiff yank on the poncho, as if giving yourself, ow, a Melvin or a wedgie, well, you unfurl the garment Oh, this hurts. Un sorry. Unfurl the garment over your head and down in front of yourself. You'll be as right as rain and dry as a bone, ready to get on with the business at hand. 
Henderson's Poncho Pants are perfect for both men and women. Be sure to check out our other foul weather garments, the Skinny Jean Serape, the Coverall Cords, and our Denim and Duster Western Combo. Originally designed for Neil Sedaka, Gene Kelly, Credence Clearwater Revival, and anyone else who gets those references, <laughs> Henderson's Poncho, Poncho Pants Pants. are available anywhere cold fronts and warm fronts like to smack into each other. That's Henderson's, dressing on the left and on the right since 1837 because we're just that big. And now back to Sackatash. And that was Bill Haywatt, our announcer. Bill is busy uh, cutting other spots. And you know what? He actually, he's doing some work for another podcast now, too, I understand. I think you might be able to hear him on uh, Davy and Dent's show. I'm proud of you for, you know, having this kind of open relationship with him where he's allowed to go to other podcasts and do stuff with them. And you're comfortable with that. I think that's great. Well, it turns out that because I can't pay Bill... If he can get money from somewhere else, he will do it. Really? Plus really? He's a, can people do that? Well, he's also a hopeless alcoholic, so he needs to keep the booze flowing. <laughs> there we go. There's your resentment for him going on to other podcasts. <laughs> Slip that in there. <laughs> and also a bit of a pedophile, but don't worry about it. Well, there are some dicey things in his background, I won't lie. I mean, the man got a job here, and he's lucky. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's because you don't do background checks. No, too expensive. Hi, this is your friend in podcasting, Phil Lairness of your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. And I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Pass the succotash. It's the Comedy Podcast Podcast. Well, it is Tweet Sack time. Yes, it's exciting to have a co-host here while I read these, by the way. It kind of legitimizes the fact that people are actually tweeting about succotash. In fact, our friends I mentioned earlier, your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, tweeted as Dean and Phil, the way Dean Haglin cries out Succotash in that clip in last week's show needs to be sampled and included in your opening. Succotash! Almost like a battle cry? Was that what it sounded like? Yes, it was sort of like a war cry if yeah. nerds had a war cry. <laughs> Enthusiastic, angry, and lazy at the same time. Is that... Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. Okay. Inverse Delirium tweets, thanks for the retweet, Martin, or I mean Mark, your friend Gerald, uh, Jeffrey. And I am so sorry. In last week's tweet sack and on the show blog for Epi 62, I accidentally called Jeffrey Gerald. That's Jeffrey from the Inverse Delirium podcast, of course. And so sorry about that, considering he is the only listener in months to have actually clicked our donate button. I really feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's been like a week of those for me, so I completely understand, but hopefully Jeffrey understands. I think he does. Ed Wallach tweets, thanks, Mark, and the rest of you should listen to every epi of Succotash show, even if you already have before. And that's the kind of rabble-rousing I need. Ed's referring to me retweeting uh, our congratulations for his show, Don't Quit Your Day Cast, being on iTunes, What's Hot? This week as well. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, we both got up there. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's very funny. He is. Like he lives down here in the Bay Area, actually. Oh, cool. Well, someday yeah. I'm going to have to visit you all. I think you should. It's only right. <laughs> but I also got a direct message this week from Double Special. It says, hey, Tiffany here. Just wanted to remind you that our show is back on Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. DoubleShowSpecial.com. Hang with us. So it wasn't really a personal message to us, but what the hell. 
Thanks, <laughs> Tiffany. We'll definitely check it out. Now, here is the roll call of some of the nice people who either tweeted, retweeted, favorited, followed, or mentioned Succotash Show on Twitter this past week. Mental Poison, Angus Doodle, Davian Dent, Podcast Whore, Strange Tea Show, Salty Language, The Potato, Richard K. Monroe, Rosita Alvis, The Connie G. Show, Hanging Outcast, Maisie Corey, Illusionoid, Nug13, Clutch43, Alan Hurley Art, Bidwell Fogg, 123 Chris Duncan, Kelly Carlin, Punch Drunk Rambo, Mike Whitmore, C. Yagi, Podcaster 101, Beaver Exhibit, I Am Idiot Central, Dead Men Cast, Tyson Saner, The More You Nerd, Alex Peralt, Mary Lynn Ricecup, Eliza Skinner, Brit and American, Hard on Pod, Mike Ward, Real Philippone, and Wicked Word Slinger. People actually care about your podcast. Well, enough to just sort of, uh, you know, that's really scraping the barrel, just pulling stuff out when people mention us on Twitter. But, or retweet something you said about them. Yeah, because nobody really re- sends us much email. So Same here. But I love reading twi- Twitter handles. They are the funniest thing in the world. I mean, <laughs> no one ever would walk you up in the street and say, hi, I'm Beaver Exhibit. Yes, well, I think Beaver Exhibit and Podcast Horror hang out together a lot. I think that's probably a sure thing. Um, I would, of course, also be remiss if I didn't thank all those kind people who helped out this past week by going up to our home site, SuckatashShow.com, and clicking on the donate button. That's where I always leave just a big silence because nobody ever does. (laughs) You're actually waiting for them to actually click on the donate button right after you say that. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's, I like, got, it's like, I'll be here until you guys figure out how to right. donate. But I think I'm just going to have to come up with a new technique because so far it really hasn't worked. Uh, that is all the tweet sack we have going on uh, going this week. So if you'd like to email us, our address is M-A-R-C at SuccotashShow.com. You can also stick at Show in your tweets and we'll retweet your podcast info when we see it or repeat your comments in the tweet sack. And don't forget our toll-full Succotash hotline at 818-921-7212. Hey, this is the man from Slacker and the Man Podcast. You're listening to Succotash. Well, Succotashians who've been listening for a while now know that I'm a big fan of playing clips from a show and not such a big fan of playing prefab promos. But... One of our favorite podcasts is the fantastic Super Ego. So special to us that we were able to get the cast, Matt Gorley, Jeremy Carter, and Mark McConville, as our guests for Landmark Episode 50 of Succotash earlier this year. Now, one of their regular characters, Shunt McGuppin, played by Jeremy Carter, is a country western singer, and his group, The Journeymen, just released their first album called Mount Us More. And I thought you'd get your best taste of that by listening to this long-ass promo which has, as we mentioned earlier, gotten enough attention that it jumped Super Ego up 50 places on Stitcher this week to bounce them back into the top 100. Satchel made of pig meat, woman up the dark street, fatty little kitty cat, pussy magoo. Oh, hello there. I'm Shunt McGuppin for Fat Kids on Ice. Out now, the long-awaited album by the journeyman, Mount Usmore. 11 tracks of country fried glory. I'm Shunt McGuppin. And I'm Mutt Taylor. 
Go to GoSuperEgo.com slash merchandise to download the album or purchase a signed CD copy. You'll hear such classics as 18 Wheels. Hell, I've been hauling some ass. Got a payment due on Tuesday. Ain't slept in three days. Hit a hobo on a toll way. Spent a long frozen night trying to clean his scalp out of my wheel well. Leaving on a dare. Get on your ears, light up smoke, yeah, it's been years since I heard myself a decent like joke. Let's head out west for the broke, gotta get a vest in the gallon best that I'd like to call. American Woman, Navajo Bitch. If loving you is black If loving you is black Then baby I don't want to be white If wanting you is wrong Then maybe I'm not right You're my dark malt liquor Honey, I'm your white night cat Let me lay you down tonight For a long wet nap Five times naked they was a huffin' and a puffin' and a too damn slow They all are shot, hold stiller, will never let you go I was five times naked I was five times naked When they arrested me at the Portugal County Jail Another gal's black eye Am I still here? I bought you some flowers And you just looked at me I bought you some earrings And you just went to sleep I said let's go to Vegas You don't gamble or drink With all this passion whirling around It kind of made me think Old, fat, slow, and Christian. Oh, and that song I mentioned goes a little something like this. Old, fat, slow, and Christian Clogging up Highway 9 You'd better lighten your load Get off the goddamn road When the rapture comes a-calling It'll leave you behind Stop looking at me Red meat and depression. You went up a pill and I went up on Faith Hill. You're having a twin or two. And you live in a van with that lesbian man. Just doing a sinner's do. 
in 80 leagues. Journeyman's Maldos Moor. Available now at GoSuperEgo.com slash merchandise and anywhere else quality music is sold. What do you think about that, Cubby? So check out Super Ego at GoSuperEgo.com and the Journeyman album, Mount Us More is available through iTunes. So let's get to our um, really kind of our last clip of the show. Uh, we got a few things afterwards, but uh, the last clip is uh, from the show Risk, which we've actually featured before. But you brought this clip along, Monica. So why don't you set it up for us? Okay. Risk is a storytelling podcast. And uh, it's hosted by Kevin Allison, who is part of, or was part, rather, of the TV sketch comedy troupe, The State. So he does this show, and there is a live component to it where people tell things at the live shows in L.A. or in New York or in other cities in the U.S., but there's also pre-recorded stuff. In this case, it's a live story, and it's uh, Julie Threadkeld. What's happening is she is talking about, um, starts out by talking about the difficulty of coming out as a lesbian, as a teen, to her mom, uh, who didn't approve, right? And so her mom basically said, you know, you're stunned, you know, you're having sex with a woman, like she couldn't get past that basic point, right? Mm -hmm. At this point in the story, what's happening is she's older, she's dropped out of college, she's sort of working a dead-end job, and uh, her mom has come to visit her at work, and uh, there was a bomb threat for some strange reason, so they had to kind of get out, and, and they went for lunch together, and then she's having a conversation with her mom, and that's where this starts in. So I took my mother to lunch, and uh, as we sat there, um, I had no clue what she was thinking, but she certainly had some questions for me. Are you uh, learning new skills there? Do you think you'll work there for a while? Have you thought of working somewhere else? And uh, beneath, beneath this question was a much more fundamental one. What the hell are you doing with your life? And it was a question I had started to ask myself. Uh, there was no bomb, it turned out. My mother went back to California, and I went back to work. A few months later, uh, I came to my senses, and I, I quit that job. But I stayed in the city and uh, re-enrolled in school. And early in my second attempt at college, I got a call from my mother. When my mother talks about her friends, she tends to talk about them as though they're my friends. So I have no idea what she's talking about half the time. And she kept mentioning this one friend. Jan and I went to the Sausalito Art Festival, and then uh, we found this great new restaurant in Tiburon. And uh, next weekend, I think Jan and I are going to go to a folk festival. And I really didn't think any, any more of it after I hung up. And then about a week later, I got a call from my sister. She said, have you talked to mom lately? I said, yeah, why? Well, she's got this new friend. That's all she talks about. I just think it's a little weird. <laughs> but about a month later, I got another call from my mother. And she said, uh, I have something to tell you. You know my new friend, Jan? I said, yeah. We're, uh... We're involved. 
I said, wait a minute. You're having sex with a woman? <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but instead I, I had sort of this rapid fire, this rapid fire like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the four stages of your mom's gay. Uh, first emotion was empathy. I, you know, I certainly knew what she was going through, and uh, I could hear how difficult this was for her. But that was instantly and totally obliterated by anger. Where were you when I was going through this when I was 14? And then it sort of sunk in, and I had shock. Um, just a quick poll of the front row. How many of you have a gay mom? Yeah, none of you. <laughs> I didn't think I did either. Uh, so it's just sort of surprising when your mother comes out of the closet with no warning. And finally, uh, I was at a stage of my life where um, I was uh, operating under the delusion that being gay made me a lot more interesting and unique than I actually was. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm special. I'm the gay. Uh, there's not room for two of us. <laughs> so about two years later, um, my mother was happily settled into her new life with Jan and uh, I'd gotten over myself a little bit, and uh, I'd broken up with my girlfriend, and I was starting to see someone new uh, seriously. And uh, my father, who had, ever since he got that letter from me, labored to get his personal pronouns correct when talking to me about my romantic life so as not to offend me, said, oh, you're seeing somebody new, honey. That's great. What's her name? I said, oh, uh, well, his name is Jonathan. yeah, I, I'd met I'd met a friend, I'd slept with him, I'd fallen in love with him, you know, wrong equipment, whatever, family tradition. <laughs> and I, you know, I realized as his name left my lips, oh fuck, I have to come out of the closet all over again as bi. My sister had the best reaction though. She said, um, "You know what? I am so sick of explaining things to people." My mother was straight, and now she's in a gay relationship. My sister was gay, now she's in a straight relationship. Why can't anyone in this family make up their minds? Risk is one of the great storytelling podcasts that's out there. There's a few others like uh, The Moth. There's uh, Story Worthy, uh, we mentioned earlier. But uh, you can find something different ep- uh, every episode with Risk at risk-show.com, iTunes, Stitcher. They're also on YouTube. So it's time for episode three of Boganwood. Uh, we've been playing, or we're in the midst of playing, all eight episodes from the first season of this interesting Australian podcast miniseries. We talked to Jason McNamara, better known as Jabs, the man behind the concept, the story, and the characters. In this part of our chat, he talks about where some of the characters in the show come from. So you've got uh, several main characters. Uh, Sheila's really the protagonist of the story, right? She's the center point. And then there's uh, Dingo and Brick. And what are are their relations exactly to Sheila? I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) So Dingo Dingo and Sheila are in a relationship, and Bricko is like the third wheel kind of guy. Um, So Diesel and Sheila have been together since they're like high school, uh, I don't know, secondary school in America. But they've been together for quite some time, and they're they're kind of just one of those relationships that have just, they've always been together, so they don't know any other thing. And Bricko's always been that third wheel around them. And uh, Bricko, of course, is the brains behind the three of them. Whereas, yeah, you're right, Sheila's (laughs) the antagonist. Really? (laughs) Sheila's usually the one behind every single problem that occurs. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, are these characters? What are they based on? Are they, or who are they based on? Are they actual sort of bits and pieces of people you know? Are there people from news stories that you're sort of cherry picking from? Or how? Or how did you come up with the characters? <laughs> Funnily enough, um, it, it, the components of as you as we just talked about there, it's components of all our personalities <laughs> rolled into the kind of. Um, I, I have borrowed heavily from. Um, some actual stories that have occurred, but we'll go into that a bit later. <laughs> um, to the point where hashtag fu Josh um, on Friday night said to me, "Was that character based on my mother?" <laughs> I just started laughing. He goes, "I knew it! I knew it! I knew that was my mother." And I went, "Well, it wasn't technically your mother, but yes, there was an exaggerated version of your mother in that story." So, um, <laughs> Sheila, Dingo, and Brico. I just I like the relationship between the three. Um, that they're really good mates, and as and it doesn't matter which kind of rung of the ladder they're on in the social etiquette. Um, they're they're kind of really closely knit, and they'll defend each other, black and blue, and they'll always help each other. But they're also their own worst enemies as the story unfolds in season one. Welcome to Boganwood, Australia, Canberra's forgotten suburb. In today's adventure, before we get into what Dingo and Brico got up at the supermarket, we should check back in on Sheila as she continues her long trek through the suburbs on the determined mission to get to the Centrelink office. The neighbours cleared out of Sheila's way as she walked down the street swearing and cursing at anyone that paid too much attention to her. Sheila was fuming. And walking in Arg Buttes was only creating more issues for her. Sheila continued down the street with her hand on her stomach to ensure her baby was safe. She was now a pregnant woman and how dare they do this to her. They were taking food out of her unborn baby's mouth. Sheila worked through the discussion she was going to have with the Centrelink office when a car pulled up behind her and started to bip its horn. Fuck off you dirty cunt, Sheila yelled without looking around. The car continued to beep. And Sheila turned around to be greeted by someone she knew sitting behind the wheel of the car. Hey, Sheila, where are you heading to? In the car was Jimbo, Bricko and Dingo's mate who had given them window washing gig. Sheila stared at him, trying to recall the story that Dingo and Bricko were telling her of what had occurred the day before at the supermarket. Jimbo smiled out the window at Sheila and she felt in order as there was something that she needed to remember about this situation. Sheila worked through the events of the previous day and tried to recall how Dingo and Bricko had come about the window washing business from Jimbo. Where's your bloke, Dingo? Jimbo asked. Wouldn't have a fucking clue. He's out of bed when I got up. Bloody Centrelink and ripped me off again. Sheila yelled back at Jimbo. Now Sheila wasn't the smartest bed she might, but she figured if she changed the subject she might have time to recall what had happened at the supermarket, so she started to rant. So I woke up this morning and went out to Marbox and these fuckers, they didn't send me me check. Now I was going to go get me a bank account and get some direct transfer shit, but I thought, why should I have to fucking pay for someone to get my money, huh? That wasn't a deal with old Sheila, and I'm pregnant and stuff. Sheila continued uninterrupted whilst Jimbo called out in a means to end a rant. And here I was walking down the street with no one to help me and I'm struggling because I'm pregnant, you know. And my baby is making me sick and no one ever helps me. And this government is fucked and Julia Gillard is a ranger redneck bitch that has screwed up the economy. And I'm thinking about going to current affairs and stuff. 
Sheila continued to rant until Jimbo had seen his opportunity to interrupt with a small solution to one of her so-called problems. Jimbo pulled over the car, blocking her way, and yelled over the top of her, Sheila, 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 until she stopped to rant for just a moment. I'll give you a lift, Jimbo offered from his window. Now something kept niggling in the back of Sheila's mind, that she was missing something. She was almost certain that it was the baby she hurled within her belly that kept her memory from retrieving it. Not the second bong hit she had taken this morning for breakfast. It had something to do with the events that occurred at the supermarket, but try as she might, all she could remember was Jimbo gave the boys the window washing business when they had assisted him with his scheme. As the boys were today washing windows on Jimbo's block, it must have went perfect, right? Sheila hesitated walking toward the car until she asked more questions. But would they be the right questions? Why would you help me, she asked. Because we are mates, Sheila, and that's what mates do for each other. Yeah, but what's in it for you? Well, only that I get to help out someone that I would think of as family, and someone that would support me if they were in a similar situation, because that's what we do in Bogenwood. We help each other. Now, that took Sheila back a moment. She didn't recall any of this being Bogenwood unwritten law. There were a number of rules, including no robbing your neighbours, no rooting your mate's mum, only borrowing items from people that could afford them, and not calling the cops when the music was played until all hours. But hell, if getting a lift wasn't a great idea for Sheila, she'd already feel on the sweat soaking through her toes and was thinking Ugg boots probably weren't the best idea. And here was Jimbo, the bloke that helped Dingo and Brick out with a window washing gig. Sheila made her way to the car as Jimbo smiled and reached over to the passenger seat, unlocking the door so Sheila could open it from the outside. Sheila jumped into the car next to Jimbo and noticed for the first time Jimbo had a cast on his leg. A memory, slowly but surely, crept its way back into Sheila's mind. And she tried to grab at it. Leg. Broken leg. Supermarket. But she still couldn't put the pieces together. But she felt that getting a lift wasn't the best of ideas, so she tried to open the door again with no success. She looked at Jimbo. Hey Jimbo, your door's fucked. I've changed my mind. I think I have some rides left on my bus ticket. I have to go and talk to some friends. Oh, you're right, Sheila. No problems at all. We should have a chat about a few things anyway. Jimbo had stated as he started driving off, Don't worry about me broken leg, the car's in order, and the reverse and drive gears are the only things that work. I only need one leg to drive the old girl, so we'll be there in no time at all. Nah, you're right, Jimbo. I appreciate the thought and stuff, but I think I should get out walking and stuff. That wasn't a knock at your leg or anything, I just want to keep healthy for the bub and stuff. Now, Sheila, what kind of mate would I be if I didn't help you out? Jimbo stated. And I probably should have told you that that window's busted as well. So you can't get that bitch down any, sorry. But hey, let's face it, it's better than riding one of those fucking buses, isn't it? A thousand things ran through Sheila's mind in a matter of moments as she started to recall the events from the day before. She reached and reached for what had occurred. The busted leg. The supermarket. The oil. Ninga. Bricker. And then all of a sudden, it come to her as Jimbo turned and smiled. Now, Sheila... I should also explain that I have an ulterior motive to giving you a lift. We should take this time to have a chat about what occurred at the supermarket yesterday. Sheila grabs at the door again, trying to get out of the car to no success. She'd fucked up. And shit if she wasn't going to pay for it. Jimbo was an happy boy. And if she wasn't pregnant, she probably would have recorded the event quicker. Jimbo smiled again at Sheila, turning in the opposite direction of Senelik. Fuck me, Jimbo, it wasn't me fault. Fuck, you can't let me out of the car. What the fuck are you going to do, you dirty crippled fuck? Sheila yelled at the top of her lungs. Jimbo just smiled and said, 
Jella, don't be like that. We need to have a chat. But before we do, I've got a question for you. Do you have a see? So that's where we leave Sheila for today, stuck in the car with Jimbo. It's another story to be continued another day. Now, it shouldn't go without mention that nothing that occurred the day before was Sheila's fault. And Jimbo should be taking out his issues with the guys that caused the problem, Ringo and Rico. But we'll get to that story and how it all occurred next time we visit Bogenwood. Bogenwood is a place of many adventures. In this case, we're taking a look at the bad element. Come back to Bogenwood to find the answers to the questions. What will happen to Sheila now she's stuck with Jimbo? How does this all relate to Dingo and Brico's misadventures only days before? All this will be answered in the next episode. And remember what they say in Bogenwood? Where's my fucking doll check? So that was episode three, the entire first season. If you just can't wait for us to play the whole thing, get on up to bogenwood.tumblr.com where you can read the entire group of episodes as well as download them. He's got them all in text form. They're also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, that raging moderate, comedian Will Durst, launches himself full into the face of the Republican Party in our very next Burst o Durst. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Republican Party and the lessons they learned from the 2012 presidential election, which apparently are nothing. Zero, zip, nada. On the contrary, it looks like they're retooling to become the party of the 50s, the 1650s. Fueled by the fiery core of their Tea Party, the GOP is actively pursuing an agenda that replicates an imaginary time gone past, engaging in intense efforts to roll back what reasonable folk might consider societal advances. You know, voting rights, equal access to health care, women's control over their own bodies, the freedom to marry the person you love. They have positioned themselves so far on the wrong side of history, they probably see dinosaurs chewing on extinct ferns. Should replace the elephant as their mascot with the woolly mammoth, or the dodo bird. And now their latest announced plans involve slowing down immigration reform, which makes sense when you realize the only thing slower than not moving is shifting into reverse. It seems the brightest stars of the Republican Party are the dimmest of bulbs. One problem is they really don't have a record to write home about. Conservatives have opposed every single major advancement in this country's human rights. Freeing the slaves, women getting the vote, minimum wage, child labor laws, Medicare, Social Security, Obamacare, indoor privies, miniskirts. They are in imminent danger of becoming the modern equivalent of the Whig Party. The Sands about slacks, rabbit ears, and coal-powered buggy whip party. Sitting in an outhouse with a Sears catalog nearby with their black and white dreams about separate but equal bathrooms. Imagine the next order of business will be to mandate that all housewives have to wash their dishes in the creek. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. So you can check out more of Durst at Will Durst. That's W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T dot com. You can also read his tweets at Will Durst on Twitter. And his uh, one-man show is still continuing in San Francisco at the Marsh Theater on Tuesday nights. It's called Boomeraging, and it's all about him growing up and getting older, as we all sadly are. Well, Monica, I would like to thank you so much for being my guest co-host on episode 64 of Succotash. Thank you. This is a pleasure. Once again, why don't you tell us where people can find Dazed and Convicted? 
Sure. So dazedandconvicted.com. Mark is going to be really proud. I have a URL that's exactly the podcast name. Perfect. Dazedandconvicted.com. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash dazedandconvicted. Twitter is uh, at Dazed Convicted with no end in between. And uh, you can find me sort of everywhere on the internet. I mean, you know, with the reason. Um, maybe even those places. And uh, But I am also on Vine. I want to point out, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm doing these Craigslist ad things, and I would love you to watch them and, you know, do whatever you like with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to touch them, favorite them. I don't know. You know, there's buttons you can press. Please press those buttons. Press, so I'm press on Monica's Vine. buttons, if you will. Yes, exactly. You can press my buttons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? And then I get the mail that's weird and I complain. You know? So what, what, what's happening here? I don't know. But uh, th- I do know this show has been a big old steaming pile of comedy what? podcastery. <laughs> uh, thanks to you and me, Monica. So if I can prevail upon you to tell people what? Pass the Sakatash. Thank you. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pats. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com, or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.